Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 169. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Steve Smith. Steve, are you feeling unstoppable today? Eric, if I was any more unstoppable, <laughs> there'd have to be two of me. Yes. <laughs> For over 30 <laughs> years, Steve has been fortunate to open and operate more than a dozen restaurant startups. Over the years, Steve has become an expert in the fields of restaurant systems and cost control. His experience has been so rich and rewarding, he decided to start the Restaurant Excellence Group, where he is dedicated to helping restaurant owners and hospitality professionals get more out of their business, careers, and life. Steve, this is just a huge aerial view of who you are and what you're about. I can't wait to get your story and your advice, but before we do, we need to get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra, so what do you have for us today? I'll tell you, Eric, my, uh, my really core mantra is that of excellence. And it's defined by excellence as a moving target that can be pursued through actions of integrity, discipline, creativity, and never-ending improvement. Wow. Awesome. I love it. So much value in that mantra. And uh, I'm sure we're going to dive into all those different things. Uh, I mean, maybe these are your it factors. Who knows? I can't wait. Let me ask you, one thing I want to start asking all my guests is their why. I mean, why do you love this industry so much? What is it about this industry that just drives you? Well, I I think it's uh, beyond the instant gratification. You know, when I was in operations, that's one thing the restaurant industry um, is unique, is when you're in front of a guest or cooking for a guest or whatever interaction, you're going to have an instant win or an instant opportunity to overcome some challenges. Mm. So those instant gratifications can certainly pump you up. But uh, really, at the stage I'm in, is really about um, adding value to other leaders and owners that are on their path right now. So that's what really uh, jives me every day. Mm, I love it. Awesome. So... Can you go back in time, Steve, and, like, think of one moment when the hospitality career, I mean, you've been in this industry for 30 years now. I mean, when you were younger, was there one moment where you just knew that this was going to be more than a job but your career? Was there a pivotal time for you, and can you bring us through that journey? Well, that's a a big question. It's a great question. Um, I think the pivotal time, and, and I don't know if I have one exact experience, but there's several that come to mind. I think it goes back to, to really being a servant mm-hmm. or a servant leader. I mean, people that really, in, in whatever phase of life they are, they just enjoy taking care, care uh, excuse me, taking care of people, helping people. And in the hospitality industry, if you don't have that innate sense in your heart, then you're probably not going to be very good at what you do or very happy. Mm-hmm. So I think... Uh, for me, that's what really gets me up every day and uh, really was pivotal for me is really that 
that sense of, of helping and taking care of people. Yeah. And like, what, what were you doing when you first got started? Like what experiences were you having? Like, tell me about a time where maybe like you really just were able to take care of somebody. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I got into the business very, uh, right. I, I dropped out of college because I was unfocused and, and a buddy of mine was bartending down at the shore and he was making all kinds of money and having all kinds of fun. I thought, well, I never thought about restaurants because I come from a farming background. And, of course, having that kind of background, you have a huge work ethic. And I thought, well, I'll just give it a try. And lo and behold, I, I uh, got my first job at one of the hottest nightclubs. It uh, led me down that path of, uh, you know, pulling handles and slinging drinks and then mm-hmm. fairly into uh, – uh, management. So, you know, specifically, I think a story that uh, would be good is uh, when I worked out in the resorts in Colorado, there's some uh, what I call high profile or high maintenance guests and really being able to um, understand that that dynamic and, and able to bring um, remarkable guest experience to them is, is really uh, um, fulfilling, so to speak. Awesome. I love it. So, Steve, if you could narrow it down, just a few of your it factors, habits, traits, characteristics that you think most contribute to your success as a restaurant professional, what would they be? Well, I think number one is is passion. You know, I'm in an industry that I really love, so I'm constantly working, researching, and learning to drive great results for our clients. But the uh, the ironic thing is when you really enjoy – what you're doing, it's really not work. So passion is the first thing. Second thing for me is clarity. I'm very clear on, on what my gifts and strengths are and also what my weaknesses are. So I always build teams around my, my weaknesses. I always believe in hiring uh, and surrounding yourself with experts. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is vision. I'm very focused on my mission and how I can build value for others. So passion, clarity, and vision are the three three for me. Awesome. And I love how you just mentioned how uh, you need to have passion in this industry. I think if you don't have passion, there's just no way you're going to last. I mean, you have to be doing it for reasons greater than a paycheck. Um, and it, it, what do you think about that? Well, I think that's, you know, it's, it's interesting. The, the most successful I've pe- people I've met in the restaurant industry have a certain pace about them. Mm -hmm. I call it the restaurant pace. In fact, they walk very fast, Um, especially when you're, well, either in front of the house or the back of the house, you have a certain sense of urgency. Oh, yeah. And I think you can tell right away whether you're hiring a person for the first time or it's a latter part of their career. If they don't have that sense of urgency and that restaurant pace, well, then you know there's something going on in their life that they're challenged with or they're just not passionate about the industry. So that's a huge thing. So you said your second it factor was uh, knowing your strengths and your weaknesses, but what are some of your strengths that you think will make you successful? Boy, that's – I have to try to be as humble as I can here. (laughs) Uh, Throughout the years, I really think it's been um, being able to build strong teams. You know, first of all, being on great teams with with great leaders um, in some of the the larger brands and even some of the independents I work with, but being able to 
identify what the goal is, you know, what those challenges and timetables um, and budgets along the way to reach that goal, and then who do you have to assemble in your team and who's going to work together well. So I think, uh, you know, my, my strengths are being able to, you know, identify those points, build those teams, and then really have that sense of urgency to continue to execute and then follow up is huge because you got to make your your success sustainable. Yeah, and I mean, one thing I've noticed with so many of our past guests and just so many great people in our history in general, like Henry Ford, I mean, he wasn't a smart guy. But what he was so good at was surrounding himself with smart people who were just strong at what they did. And I'm really excited. I, I mean, I haven't opened my own restaurant yet. This podcast is a way for me to learn so I can one day be successful. But I'm excited because I feel like that's one of my strengths, too, is seeing the greatness in other people. And it sounds like you have that same it factor. Yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously to have mentors and coaches, whether it's in the restaurant industry or outside of the restaurant, because you can always continually learn. I know you're a, a, a big reader on uh, Audible, and I, I do the same thing. I just Oh, there's no better way. Road, <laughs> yeah, when I'm on the road, I am just crunching all kinds of knowledge. Yeah. Um, and, and, again, that, that pursuit of, of excellence, constantly learning. And, and you're right, a hard work ethic and a passion and some clarity will get you far in the restaurant industry. Oh, absolutely. Sure. And there's another if factor, always learning, always reading. I think that's another thing that's just crucial to be successful in this industry. And, uh, I mean, we have to move on. and We need to have you share one of uh, these if factors in a story, whether it be your passion, your clarity, and your strengths and weaknesses or your, your, your ability to vision. Take us through a specific story, Steve, where this it factor just shine through. I think one of the experiences I had back in the late 90s when I was working for a, a big resort uh, company in Colorado called Vail Resorts, and I alluded to this earlier, is, you know, we had uh, extremely busy world-class resort, and we had just built a, uh, a restaurant with a partnership with Kendall Jackson Wines called Vintners. And, of course, in the ski business, there's facilities all over these mountains, and, and you try to... Um, have menus and have offerings that are really broad-based so you make everybody happy. But we opened this fine dining restaurant, and the chef didn't want to do um, typical bar food like burgers and nachos and all that, which is the majority of what you sell. Um, and uh, so we we opened this uh, um, restaurant first day, and the first thing that the guests are starting to say is, you know, Where's our burgers? Where's this? Where's that? So it went on a couple of days, and I'll, I'll make this really short. But uh, I ran into this one guest one day, and I was working the front of the house. And I just could tell when, when the server said he couldn't get a hamburger or nachos or anything like that. So I, I walked over to him, and I, and I got down on one knee, and I, I kind of whispered in his ear, and I said, it looks like you're really not happy today. What's going on? And he kind of chuckled because, he, you know, he, he knew what was going on. He said, you know what? I come here to impress my guests, impress my clients, and if I want an effing $20 hamburger and an effing $200 bottle of wine, then that's what I want. You need to make it happen. So I'm like, done. So I go back in the kitchen. I grab the chef, and I said, you got to talk to this guest. Long story short, uh, 
we had hamburgers on the menu the next day. They actually were twenty dollars, and this was back in the nineties. But you know, it was all about it was all about recognizing the guest needs. Sometimes oh, yeah. we get we get pigeonholed into thinking we know what they want. And if you don't accept that feedback, you know, that's that lack of vision and that lack of clarity. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we're here for, for the guests. You know, Absolutely. It's not about us. I love it. Yeah, so true. And I think like one something I've noticed, some people who don't make it in this industry, they have this vision or a concept of something that, you know, they've been chasing, you know, this this idea of what their perfect restaurant is, and then it's like they're creating this restaurant for themselves and not for other people. And they forget at the end of the day, it's not, you know, it doesn't matter if you like everything that's on the menu. You have to remember that like you're serving your guests. And if they're not happy, then you're your vision's going to be short run. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think the greatest successful people in this industry come from a position of, of being a servant leader um, or being a servant in general. Yeah. So when you come from that position, then you're there to serve others. So, so it just works. Great. So now I need to ask you, Steve, we had your story of where these it factors were able to really shine through. But now I need you to tell me about a time where you just failed hard, Steve, and fell on your fanny uh, with this failure. And tell me how you got back up. Well, I, I think that, you know, um, it, it, that's an easy story for me. Um, I had stayed in operations too long mm-hmm. and uh, not been true to my, my goals. And um, one of my last um, experiences as being an, an employee, so to speak, uh, was not the best, and and it was really because I had stayed in it too long. I wasn't happy, and and I really hadn't moved to that next um, place in life. So you know, it was a lot of humble pie. Um, I actually ended up getting fired, and when you have a family to support, you get you get terminated out of the blue. But you know, in re- retrospect, I didn't do everything that I could have done. Um, to nurture that relationship and create that value for that employer. So, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it was all about my responsibility, being the best I could be as an employee then. But that was the toughest thing to get get canned uh, at probably one of the worst times in my life. Um, But, you know, um, falling on my face, it's like a Rocky movie. It's not how many times you get knocked down it's how often you get back up you know so absolutely fortunately i got up <laughs> so would you say your your biggest failure in this uh firing was just getting you know too stale in the position were you there too long did you lose your fire is that what happened yeah i think i lost i think i lost my passion i mean i'm sure you've heard this from other people is this industry can can burn you out so to speak mm-hmm. and it, yeah, and I was at that point in my life that because I didn't um, take that next step in personal development and growth, you know, it's always a risk. There's always a fear factor, uh, especially if you're going to go out on your own and you're not going to um, be an employee. So once you take that step into the entrepreneur land, you know, it's it's all in, you know, and all bets are, are uh, on. So uh, that was uh, – 
that was uh, the biggest thing that I learned, you know, really to understand is, is you got to always be learning and growing. Mm, absolutely. And I love how you owned it. Like so many people, when they get fired or terminated from a position, they always look to outside factors of things that, you know, it's never their fault. It's always someone else's fault. And you just owned it and said, you know, in retrospect, there's things I could have done better, things I could have done differently. So what would you have done better? What would you have done differently? Well, I think I would have, you know, self-awareness is the first step, and and I should, I would have been more aware earlier um, and started thinking about what am I going to do next, what's mm. best for my career, what's best for my family next. Um, so I think you always have to be a look, looking a little bit in the future and, and going back to that personal growth and development. Um, so that's, you know, in retrospect is kind of that awareness and then I think it's a daily, daily habits to develop that personal growth. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, fierce discipline to do that. Because sometimes you don't feel like getting up early and going to the gym and eating healthy and, you know, and listening to this podcast or a webinar or reading another book and you still got a full-time job. In retrospect, those are the kind of things that are going to propel you to excellence. Oh, man, I love it. We are crushing the first half of this interview, Steve. You're doing an amazing job, and I can't wait to dive into the second half of the interview. And you're just going to blow us away with the restaurant industry bombs of knowledge. Are you ready for this? Uh, ready or not. <laughs> All right. The first question I have for you is what advice do you have for funding a restaurant and getting that initial capital to get started? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. That dynamic has really changed over the years. I mean, I, I know restaurants that have actually done crowdfunding um, to to help with uh, some of their launches. It, it's crazy. Um, but I think the most important thing, and I always try to start with the basic and the foundation, is before you think about funding a restaurant, is you got to have a clear vision. And after you have that clear vision, you got to have a fully vetted business plan and financial forecast. It continues to amaze me um, the amount of restaurants um, that open up without a, a great, um, strong business plan and financial forecast. And then I think that the, uh, you know, everybody's always concerned about money. I think in these day and ages, you can always get the money. But I think more importantly is you have to be very cautious who and what kind of deal you're willing to make. Mm. Can you dive deeper on that? Like, what kind of things should we be cautious of? Well, you know, I think it's it's more of a, you know, go, goes back to that vision and, and really having a clear goals in mind because sometimes money can cloud our, our vision, mm-hmm. cloud our hearts. Um, so so diving into that is, is really understanding, you know, whether it's an investment person, they're purely in there for investment, or they're actually going to be a partner. Mm-hmm. Um Every time you take on money from someone, there's some type of thing other than money that they're usually looking for. Yep. Understanding and have that clarity in black and white. And and really, if your heart tells you um, that it's not a good deal or they want too much, then you need to have the strength to walk away. Um, Because once you take that plunge and you take money from somebody else, it changes the game 
automatically. Oh, yeah. Awesome advice. So there's no questioning, Steve, that one of the biggest struggles in this industry is finding people, good people. Uh, so what is your advice? What questions are you asking? Uh, you know, where are you looking to find these good people? Yeah, you know, you're right. That's a uh, – with restaurants, thousands of restaurants opening up every every week and month and every year, um, it's really competitive out there. But I really kind of go back to the, the foundation. I always try to go back to the start. And uh, I find some um, restaurant leaders out there, they complain about that, and, and they, but they also have an us versus them mentality mm-hmm. versus – mentality. So I always say, you know, I always truly believe you attract who you are. Oh, yes. I love it. You know? So if you're having challenges, you need to look at yourself first and your your core values and your culture, and then understand how you're leading your team. Because if you're doing all those things right, then typically your team is telling others. Guests are telling others that Man, this is a, a great restaurant. It's a great place to work. The owner is is really professional, respectful, and they have a lot of fun. So that usually takes care of itself. So yeah, man. You know, that that's the best advice I have um, for hiring good people, finding I, them. I love that you went here. And I'm, there's a part of me that almost wants to take this question out of the interview because the more I've learned is – you know, it, yeah, it's hard to get people on your in your restaurant, but the the challenge, the reason why it's so hard is, you know, there's plenty of good people out there, but the, are you good? Are you attracting greatness to you? Can you keep people on your team after you've hired them because, you know, they want to be around you? Like, and it seems like the, the biggest struggle is people just not being able to tap into those higher needs and to uh, give somebody, you know, like something greater to work for. And I mean, I think it all starts like what, like you said, it starts with yourself. You attract the people that are most like you. Yeah. And absolutely. And I, you know, I've worked from Pennsylvania to California and some really remote ski areas. And I've, I've worked at a place that, um, people had to drive 45 minutes to an hour. It was nothing to drive in a foot of snow and they're coming there to be work minimum wage, but because it was, a super cool place to work. Everybody wanted to work there, so we never had a problem finding people. Yep, awesome. So, I mean, I think we kind of already talked about this, but once you get these incredible people on your team, like, how do you keep them on your team? Oh, well, you know, it's it's all about culture, and I know that's a huge buzzword nowadays, and, and thankfully it is a huge buzzword. Um, so, you know, having those core values of, you know, who you are, what you do, why you do it, and, and having everybody understand what those values are. And then having that professional culture, that people, it's an easy place to work for, and, and it's really a true team. And I think some of the, the challenges um, leaders have, they don't necessarily listen to what everybody has to say. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, we all, we all want to seem valued and affirmed. So I think having um, that open uh, open door policy, so to speak, that you're able to really connect with your staff and your teams. Um, and, and I always say, you know, nothing inspires your team more than their leader in action. So lead by example is huge. Oh, yeah, 
Absolutely. I love it. So what I have here is have that culture, have those values, uh, value your guests or your guests, not your guests, but your staff. And then just have that open door, like, you know, always be there to, to talk. You know, if, if they need someone to talk to just be ready to listen is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Open, honest communication. And then everybody knowing everybody on that team, knowing what our core values and what our mission is. Awesome. Great stuff. So let's talk about some restaurant resources, some books you would recommend are must-reads for anybody getting into this industry. So if you could just narrow it down to like two or three books, like where do we need to go to be unstoppable? Like what books do we need to read? Well, I think a must-read, and, and you know this one, I'm sure, is Setting the Table by Danny Meyer. Oh, yeah. is a, a must-read. If you, if you understand his uh, philosophy of enlightened hospitality – it's hard not to be successful in the restaurant industry. Um, also, I like Ken Blanchard. He was the author of uh, One Minute Manager, but yep. he has a great book, great, great book called Lead Like Jesus. Um, I also like um, The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey. Phenomenal leadership book. Speed of Trust. Yep, The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey. Oh, man. So I'm that- I'm a huge fan of Stephen M. R. Covey, uh, his Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And if The Speed of Trust is anything like that book, I'm going to have to listen to it real soon. Yeah, absolutely. That's where I got it on uh, Audible. But um, M- Stephen M. R. is the son of Stephen Covey. Oh, really? So, yep. So Stephen, Stephen did, Senior did the, uh, you know, the Seven Highly Effective Habits, and then the son here does The Speed of Trust. But phenomenal stuff. Interesting. All right, I'll have to yeah. check that out. What's the, the biggest lesson you took away from the speed of trust? Oh yeah, just understanding that trust in that employer-employee relationship is so paramount. Mm. And then understanding how to gain trust, build trust, make sustainable trust, and it's it's very interesting in that book how he actually. Um, applies ROI to that speed of trust. So it's uh, it, it was quite eye-opening for me. Awesome. And, you know, I just recently experienced trust firsthand, the power of trust firsthand. Uh, the executive chef I was recently working with at Applecrest Bistro in New Hampshire, uh, Chef Pat Susie, just sitting, I mean, the reason why I, I was so interested in getting this position to work under this, this gentleman is because just an energy about him, you know, and just watching how he was able to develop that rapport and trust with the people in the back of the house. Like everyone just held him in such high regard because you could just trust him. And I don't, I would, you know, like I just had to, you know, commend him on his ability, but it was so powerful. So I need to read that book. Yeah. It's, it's easy when you see trust, it stands out like nothing else you've ever seen. So, uh, um, sounds like you're you're at the right place to, yeah. to continue to uh, your goals. Yeah, absolutely, great. So um, we got this res- your resource. So I mean, let's talk a little bit about marketing now. I mean, if you could give us some advice about marketing, what would it be? Yeah, you know, marketing is is a big question. Um, it's it's a big uh, challenge, uh, especially in the restaurant industry because it's so competitive, and and unfortunately, what a lot of folks do is, is make it an emotional or a uh, spur-of-the-moment decision versus, um, you know, a full-blown plan or a year-long strategy. 
So I think it starts with having a clear brand and culinary promise and then understanding your target audience. So, you know, today with social media and, and such instant um, communication technology, you have to understand your target audience and then which channels they're on because you've got to speak to those channels if you want to um, draw, draw that audience in. And uh, without that understanding, you're just going to be throwing stuff against the wall and hope, hoping that something sticks. So, oh, yeah. you know, my best, yeah, my best advice is to, is to understand, have a clear brand, a culinary promise, know who your audience is, how they want to communicate. And then really, if you don't have the team or a marketing director uh, within your restaurant, um, then I think it's good to, to seek some professional help to get that. I always say look at marketing at least uh, um, 12 months minimum and develop a plan from there. Awesome. Great stuff. All amazing advice. So I need to talk to you about technology now, Steve. Um, I mean, there's no question that there's so many ways uh, we can leverage technology to you know become more effective, to become more profitable, to be more just efficient in general. So are there any new technologies you've seen, whether it's front of house or back of house, that can just help us become more effective or profitable? Yeah, and I tell you what, it's, it's a good thing to be paying attention to. Um, back when I started um, in the early 80s, you know, there was one or two people that did POS. There was one or two people that did, well, we didn't have any loyalty programs back there. They were punch cards. You know, and you used a, a paper punch, and then the tenth one, you got a cup of coffee. But who I like for uh, technology today is a company called Toast for POS. Um, I also like Eateria for loyalty programs. Um, another great company is Hot Scheduled. And they actually have uh, launched a, a new uh, app called Jobsabity. Um, and that helps you with engaging, empowering, and recruiting team members. Um, I love the uh, uh, big company ADP. Most people know know them as is just doing the payroll, but they are really uh, advanced in compliance and everything human resources. And you know, it's it's interesting. Even though we don't think of uh, Shoes as technology. I recently have become a raving fan of this company called SR Max because they have this patented slip-resistant shoes. So that is actually a new technology because I tell you, if you're not comfortable standing on your feet all day, it doesn't matter what other technology you have, you're going to be miserable. So that's who I like for shoe technology. What, what was the name of that shoe? SR Max. And uh, what they've done is they've actually partnered with some very big-name brand shoe manufacturers, and then they've put their slip-resistant um, soles on these awesome shoes. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the most comfortable shoes I've worn in 30 years. So, you know, one thing I've got to say, Steve, is one you know set of words that stuck out to me when I was researching you is that you are a systems expert. Uh do you look at technology as systems to like implement into your business to be more efficient? Is that how you look at it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the more effective and efficient you can be as an operator or as a leader within your restaurant, um, the more attention you can pay to your guests 
Mm-hmm. The more attention that you can pay to your team, and what's really important, you know, it's technology really um, has accelerated um, our, our 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 learning curves today and, and our output. So if you have the right technology with the right systems, then really um, your success level is just going to be through the roof. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. I mean, I recently just finished the book Good to Great, and they talk about technology, and they confess that it's not like all these companies can adopt technology, and this isn't going to necessarily make them better, but it's when you adapt or uh, adopt technology that accelerates whatever you know it is that you're trying to whatever kind of company you are but like if it's pulling in the same direction or if it helps buy you time to summarize it it can be a momentum accelerator uh and that kind of that's kind of how i look at it because some people are so you know apprehensive to pull the trigger to adopt new technology but it's going to buy you time and it's going to accelerate that momentum what do you think about yeah, that I couldn't yeah i couldn't agree more but i also think you have to be um, I'm just just a little bit cautious because you can get bogged down oh, yeah. and caught up with technology. And what I call um, you can get the paralysis of analysis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you uh, you know, going back to being a, an effective leader is you got to be able to make decisions, go all in with that decision, then measure the results of that technology, and then kind of step back and say, okay, here's here's the results over a measured space of time, you know, and, and does this this uh, correlate with where we're going? If it doesn't, then you have to change something or maybe use a different technology. Yeah, absolutely, man. I love it. All right. So if you could just give us one piece of advice, Steve, if you could go back in time, it's 30 years ago, you're just getting started in the industry, and just give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Yeah, wow, that's uh, just one thing. I think, in fact, I know. Listening to your instincts and always be true to your core values, that's just um, would be the best advice I'd give myself 30 years ago, be the best advice I'd give myself today, and the best advice I'd give anybody else. Mm, so important. Listen to your instincts and just know your core values. I mean, what are your core values? Just before we uh, ask the last question, curious. Well, I think, you know, it comes from, you know, understanding of, of what you're here on the on the planet for. And in my perspective, it's really to serve others and take mm-hmm. care of others um, and, and constantly build, building value. And then I think that's part of that, being being excellent for others is you got to be excellent for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're going to be a peak performer, you, got, you look at peak performers, they all have coaches, they all have mentors, mm. you know. Yeah, I just uh, I saw a soundbite on Michael Phelps. Um, he is actually, again, on top of all the world records for swimming. Wow. After he, when he came back. Well, he's got one of the best coaches on the planet. Oh, yeah. All peak performers have, have coaches and mentors. So, you know, that's that's huge for me. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that his coach, there was only one time he let him leave early from practice, and it was during his prom he let him leave 15 <laughs> minutes early so he could pick up his date to be on time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> that's funny. All right, man. I've asked you all the questions. I just have one question left, and that's just if I could have asked you a question that would have bought, brought more value to this interview, what would it have been? Um, I think, you know, I, maybe what would be helpful for people is to ask 
you know, where do you see the restaurant or hospitality industry heading in the next five to ten years? That might be a good question. Steve, where do you see the hospitality and restaurant industry heading in the next five to ten years? No, you're going to use it on me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's interesting. Um, If you're studying the millennials, uh, in fact, if if you don't know what a millennial is, you need to <laughs> first define that. You know, it's an age group eighteen to thirty-four. It's the future of the restaurant industry, mm-hmm. and and where I see it is understanding their their trends, what they like, and I see the focus evolving quickly to the overall guest experience, and quality of food is really going to matter. You're starting to see that change now, even with big big hospitality groups. And even the fast food guys are really starting to focus. So I think, you know, that guest experience, um, people want to buy from people that are doing the right thing and serving good quality food. So understanding how to communicate to that group and adapting your restaurant to that group, I, I think, is uh, really important for the next 5, 10, 20 years. Awesome. I love it. And uh, I couldn't agree more with you. And I also see there, you know, even though there is, I think, a huge loss in the amount of independently owned restaurants, I think it was like 7,000 independent restaurants are at not around this year that were here last year. But I think you're going to see a lot more people supporting small business and local business, too. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's interesting. Everything's very cyclical in life. And that's how it was kind of when my, my parents grew up in the, the 40s and 50s because we didn't have the big mall. So you, you went to the butcher and you knew the, the butcher's name and, and, you know, he gave you a certain cuts of meats. And, and you, when you wanted, there was one pharmacy in town. There wasn't CVS and, you know, all these mm-hmm. others. So you those local relationships. And uh, I think we've come full circle, and, at least within my lifetime, that it's good to be getting back to that, you know, more relationship mm-hmm. uh, transaction versus uh, simply a money transaction. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So, Gray, we're going to wrap it up now, Steve. You've been awesome. We wrap up every episode by having you call somebody out. Who is one independently owned restaurant operator that you just admire? Maybe they're an executive chef or a general manager that you just think would make a great guest mentor on the show. Yeah, um, I think if I was going to recommend somebody, I've got a, uh, in our town here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, um, we've got a, a young man, his name is Taylor Mason, and um, he is a phenomenal chef. He has a restaurant called Mason. Um, he's a super talented chef who really understands the business and is really executing some uh, remarkable food. And, in fact, he's uh, um, on the uh, path to open a second restaurant. So Taylor Mason of Mason, I think, would be a great guest to uh, really uh, capture his story. Awesome. Taylor Mason, look out, man. I am coming after you to get you as a guest <laughs> on the show. I can't wait. Uh, all right. And, Steve, give uh, the listeners at home uh, a way we can connect and maybe uh, tell them more about what you got going on with uh, the Restaurant Excellence Group. Well, thanks, Eric. I really appreciate you having me on, and and I really uh, um, compliment you on what you're doing for Thank the you industry so much. as well. Yeah. So, you know, I guess the shameless plug is the easiest way is to go to my uh, website, therestaurantexcellentgroup.com. You can email me at steve at therestaurantexcellentgroup.com. 
And we're also excited um, not to let the cat out of the bag, but I'm excited about a new partnership with a previous guest of yours is Donald Burns. Donald Burns. And, he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, uh, he's just launched 10X Restaurant. Um, and it's really specifically to do with restaurant coaching. And we both really believe we're going to radically change the success rate in the industry through um, 10X Restaurant. Awesome. I'll have a link to that as well in the show notes. Just go to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash Steve Smith. And you'll find links to everything right there. All the products and services we discussed, the books we discussed, 10X Restaurants. All those links will be right there in the show notes. Steve, thank you again, you know, taking the time to be a guest mentor, to share your knowledge and your stories with us, to make us all just a little bit more unstoppable. Yeah, my pleasure, Eric. Thanks so much. Have an awesome day. Cheers. Thank you. There you have it. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Steve Smith, thank you again for coming on the show, man. You were awesome. And uh, just some incredible lessons in this episode about just having that clear vision, clear culture, uh, the importance of having your core values. Uh, And again, I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but there seems to be a trend developing with success in those who read and develop themselves. And I think one of the, the best lessons in this Uh, interview was to attract greatness you have to become great yourself and the best way to become great is to surround yourself with other great people and with the abundance of books that exist today it's never been easier to surround yourself with these incredible people just immerse yourself with these incredible books we've had some of the past guests on the show uh, Nick Cirillo has an incredible book out. Misty Young has an incredible book out. Danny Meyer setting the table, like the most recommended book on the show. Most of these books, guys, are on audio tape too. So if your excuse is I don't have time, throw that excuse out the window and develop the habits of listening to audiobooks. You won't regret it. Or just go back and listen to the archives of this podcast. A whole melting pot of mentors sharing their stories and advice on what it takes to be successful. Uh, so again, just to summarize, the best way to attract greatness is to be great yourself. And the best way to be great is just to learn from those who are great Surround yourself with them. And the best way to do that is by heading over to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. You'll be helping me out too because every time you use my affiliate link, I get a commission at no extra cost to you. And that's how the show remains free. So help yourself out. Help me out. Use those links. Like always, if you can think of somebody who would make a great guest on the show, shoot me an email, Eric, with a C, at restaurantunstoppable.com and I will do everything humanly possible to get them as a guest on the show and um, just really starting to go to town on my email campaign uh, we do a summary of the biggest lessons learned uh, we link back to all of the products and tools that were discussed on the show and we link back to the books that are recommended on the show so if you just want a summary of each week make sure you sign up for the email list, just go to the website, restaurantunstoppable.com. You'll find links to sign up there. All right, guys, that's all I have for you. Thank you so much for coming out and listening and growing together. All right, until next time, peace out.